hello and welcome back to Earth Like Heaven. My name is Doug Ressler and joining me as always is Robbie Sherry and we are here to help you close the gap between heaven and earth in your life by learning to live like Jesus. Robbie, last time we began uh, looking at the Beatitudes from this thing called the Sermon on the Mount, this sermon that Jesus preaches, this really about the vision of this kingdom of God that is coming on earth through the presence and the person of Jesus Christ. And last time we talked about blessed are the poor in spirit and how Jesus promises them the kingdom of heaven. And today we're going to talk about the next the next beatitude on the list. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Just to kind of remind people what the Sermon on the Mount is, um, it is really the New Testament's version of what Moses did on Mount Sinai. Moses went up Mount Sinai. We all remember that story. That's, again, beyond Christian circles. I mean, everybody kind of knows the Exodus story and the parting of the Red Sea and Moses going up on Mount Sinai and delivering the Ten Commandments. And this is Jesus' version of that. I mean, he goes up a mountain and he starts talking about the Ten Commandments. And he says, you've heard what what Moses said, essentially, and this is what I say to you. And he intensifies them and and again, trying to help people understand and grasp what this kingdom of heaven is all about. And so he says to the folks that he's preaching to, blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And there I think he's not just talking about those who are grieving maybe the loss of those mm-hmm. they love, or maybe the loss of a dream, or the loss of hopes, or the loss of a life, you know, on some level that they felt like they were promised. There I think he's talking about those who mourn because they recognize that life in this world is not as God designed it to mm. be. So how would you respond to that? Or what do you think? What, do you th- what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think to understand it, you have to look at what causes mourning and then what comes from mourning. Mm. And I think you're absolutely right. When we think of you, you cannot mourn. I think Jesus would have said, blessed are those who are, who are sad. If right. that's what he meant, right. I think he would have said, when you're sad, you'll get comforted, which seems kind of like a trite promise, right, honestly. Right. So the idea of mourning tends to right. speak of loss and tends to speak of a recognition of something mm-hmm. lost. Mm-hmm. And you can only feel that if there's an affection given to something beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of you know John Milton's book, Paradise Lost, mm-hmm. this idea mm-hmm. of losing this thing that we understand in our spirits to be what we were made for. So recognizing what causes mourning and then what comes out of mourning? I mean, mm. Solomon in Ecclesiastes talks about it's better to be in a house of mourning mm. than in a house of praise. Yeah. And I think what he's talking about there is when you're at a party, when you're at a wedding, when you're at some place where it's just convivial and all this, mm-hmm. the last whoa, whoa, thing whoa, whoa, you're... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Convivial. Lively. Sorry. Uh, party-like. Uh, we know you teach English. <laughs> okay. Wow. Here we go. Here we Here go. We, man. Okay. Jubilant. Uh, Yes. Conv- in, I don't even I can't even pronounce that word. <laughs> Convivial? It's a great scrabble word. There's Man, two V's. That, you can win. <laughs> two V's. Yeah. Get one of them on a triple word score. You, you are the winner. Yeah. There's no doubt. You're about welcome, that. those of you who are you will be wording convivial. With friends. <laughs> yes. Okay. But lively. the last thing Got you're thinking you. about is eternity. You're you're not thinking about where your your soul's going to be, the state that, right. that you're in. Because you're focused just on that. And you talk to most people, sadly, about right. weddings. And you, you say, you know, what was the greatest part about that wedding? Mm-hmm. They're not they're not going, oh, my gosh. It was, I was just thinking about the giver of all good things when I bit into that chicken that they gave me for the... Right, right. They're just eating. They want to see the bride and the groom, and then they're going to go home, right? That's right. But when you go to a funeral, it is a very natural thing to think about your own mortality. Yeah. It's a very natural thing to reflect on the person's life who was lost, the family who now has to 
keep living this world with that loss and then to look in the mirror and go, man, I'm going to be in the box someday myself. And Solomon says it won't feel like it, but it's actually better for Mm. your soul to be in a house of mourning because you'll think rightly about that stuff. Right. So when I think of this, blessed are those who mourn Mm. for they shall be comforted. There's this dual weight of this word of this recognition of that, which was lost in paradise. Yeah. And what comes out of it is this longing for home, longing for fullness with Christ. And if we get that sense, if we recognize that Jesus, as always, promises his presence, and with mm-hmm. that comes his peace, that comfort. Yeah, I mean, it really is interesting when you think about it. Like, I, As a pastor, I do a lot of funerals. I perform a lot of funerals. I officiated a lot of funerals. Some of them are incredibly tragic. People who, you know, we, we use this phrase, gone too soon, or mm-hmm. too young, or whatever it may be. Some of them are traumatic. They are the result of incredible evil. I remember one of the a funeral I did about 10 years ago was for a woman who had been kidnapped taken to the Western Slope and murdered. And she was a single mom, had a six-year-old son, and we did her funeral here. And, you know, here I am trying to get up in the middle of that and, and bring words of comfort, you know, in such a horrific situation. I think about what just happened in Memphis with Tyree Nichols. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. People can think all they want about politics and policies and social policies and all that kind of stuff. At at its most fundamental level, events like that remind us that this world is a violent, evil place on some level. Mm -hmm. Evil not in the sense of like there are evil people running around. There are evil people running around, but not everybody you meet is evil, you know, in that way. But it's just, it's evil in the sense that it is not what God wants. Right. And so those things happen because this world is not how God designed it. Mm-hmm. He designed it much, much differently. And so, so we mourn. We just, mm-hmm. we, mourn we mourn all of that. We, we lament yeah. all of that. I mean, that, that's why we mourn. That's why we lament, because we live in a world where those things take place. Um, and even, 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 at the, even if you live a rich and full life by any measure out there, even then, in those funerals, while people can say, yeah, like, we're, we're so glad that their suffering is over, they've mm-hmm. you know they've passed on to be with Christ. There is still this deep sense of mourning and loss, right? Yeah. Because again, death is an is an intruder into this world. Yeah, death was not intended to be part of the original creation. It was right. it was it was something that entered the world because sin entered the world, and because sin entered the world, death followed after, mm-hmm. and as a result, it's sort of this alien presence, which is how we all experience it. Again, I don't, I don't care what culture you come from right. in the world. Every culture seems to experience death as like this alien presence, this foreign element in the world that 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 isn't right and isn't good and has to be handled on some level and processed and dealt with and and that's where the experience of grief and loss and mourning and lament. And in Jesus' day, they even had professionals, professionals who would mourn grievers. with you. Yeah. Like, like that was their job. Their job was you called them up. I don't, I don't know how you did that. You just, you like, pigeon. you know, maybe yellow yeah. pages, pigeon, yeah. homing pigeon, mm-hmm. something like that. And the next we thing you know, need. that's next thing you know, the professional mourners would show up yeah. and there would, you know, be a group of them. And, and they would spend like three days wailing. Yeah. I mean, that sounds so irritating to me, but... I don't live but in that culture. But the greater culture, the wailing, right? but, the more right. sort of like you're telling people, Correct. look at what right. a great person look, this was. Look, look at how much loss we've suffered. Yeah. And so yeah. in that culture, it was deeply meaningful. In our culture, it would be like irritating and crazy and like, 
no way. Yeah. But in that culture, it was super meaningful. And they still have that in some cultures around the world where you hire professionals to come in to help you mourn, to wail with you, to weep with you. Now, there is some beauty in that too, right? Because how many people mourn alone? Right. And are right. never comforted. Yeah. And so that is an aspect of this that Jesus' listeners understand far more on a, on a far more deep level than we do because they lived in community together mm-hmm. and they were, they wouldn't allow each other to be alone in their mourning, in their grief and in their loss. And so we mourn the loss, whatever that loss is in the moment. But what we're really mourning is the loss, like you said, of paradise, the yeah. loss of the world as it should be. And the really amazing thing is in this passage, Jesus says, okay, those who mourn that loss, you will be comforted. So let's focus on that second half of the. What is that comfort that Jesus? Is it? Does it mean that that Robbie like you're, you're not going to cry anymore? Does it mean that like you're not going to feel sad anymore? Like what, what are we talking about when yeah, we I, say I don't comfort? Think so. Okay, what do we I think? What do we mean? Uh, well, I I almost want to invert that and go. So those who don't mourn mm-hmm. that loss. Yes, let's talk about that. It's, yeah. it's like Jesus is saying, we have all these platitudes for trying yes. to make you feel right. comfort, hmm. but there, there, there will be an angst in your soul yeah. that's sort of irreconcilable without him. Right. I mean, which is really difficult for me right. when somebody, you know, talks about this grief that they have over loss mm-hmm. and they have told me, or I know that they do not have Jesus as their Lord and mm-hmm. Savior. I don't know what I can say in that moment that's going to put a salve on the wound right. in their spirit. You right. know? Because like you said, we're, we're so, we have these things like, oh, they're in a better place now. You know, like, and you go, ah. What I, is that better place? I don't know. How do we know? Right, yeah. Um, is that just wishful I don't, thinking? Yeah, I don't want to make a promise to you. That's it's right. just going to come across as hollow, and they know it, and I know it. So I think there's an interesting sort of <laughs> inverse to this. Yeah. And so the peace that Jesus offers, when he talks about, when we say like the peace of Christ, we say that mm-hmm. a lot of times. It's dependent on that first beatitude mm-hmm. of recognizing that you need a savior. And then right. when you have that and you understand this loss of paradise, this comfort that Jesus is offering here seems to be one of, I would just say, a comfort of the spirit, a comfort of knowing that this is a broken world and there is a wholeness, a fullness, a restoration mm-hmm. that's coming. I, I, I don't have a whole lot that I can explain about that because I think if I'm speaking to Christians, we sort of understand that. And for those that don't know Christ, it seems like a foreign language. Well, so maybe, maybe though, what would be helpful for folks is to understand that when Jesus says they will be comforted, I don't think he means that they will not mourn anymore. Right. Because actually, I think what Jesus is saying here is that the state of mourning is actually a good thing hmm. because you are in touch with the loss and that's a good thing. And we want to live with the awareness of the loss because it's that living with that awareness of the loss that then keeps us from becoming too tied to the things of this world because we know this world isn't the point, right? It's the right. world to come that's the point. And so so when Jesus, when Jesus says, I'm going to comfort you, it's, it's kind of like Job, right? The book of Job. So the book of Job is the Old Testament book. It is the oldest book in the Old Testament. Not and the New Testament. Not the New Testament, Thank the Old you. Testament. And it is a book that, is, that specifically talks about and deals with the problem of suffering right. and evil in the world. And Job, if you don't know the story, is this man who has it all. He's got all the wealth. He has amazing kids, amazing grandkids. He's a godly man. He loves God with everything he's got. He is blameless in his generation, as the Bible would say, right? 
And in an instant, in a heartbeat, he loses everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, you know, this group comes in and raids his camels, and this group comes in and raids his sheep, and this wind comes in and knocks the house down where all his kids and grandkids are, and they all die in the same day. Mm-hmm. And he is standing in his home, and messenger after messenger is coming to deliver these horrific stories of what has just taken place. And in a day, he loses everything. Mm-hmm. And and so he falls on his face and dust and ashes and cries out. And, and then the next day comes, and he not only loses everything external to him, now, now he himself is afflicted. He loses his health. Right. His body is broken. His... I mean, it's just, it is the most horrific picture possible. And at the end of the book, he meets God and on some level is comforted yeah. by God's presence, mm-hmm. right? Despite his friends saying... Despite all the things, that yeah. his, I'm glossing over 40 chapters or whatever, sure. but, but yeah, I mean, despite what his friend says, he is comforted by God's presence, but it's not like... And yes, he gets his wealth restored, and yes, he gets has more children sure. and all those things. But none of that erases what he just went through. Right. Not, I mean, so there's a sense in which, like, the state Job will mourn for the rest of his days. Sure. Because anybody comfort, who's lost a child, yeah, you don't get over that. It's Correct. not about getting over that. If you've lost a grandchild, I mean, like, so, so in our heads, right in the Western world, we think that mourning is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't do it. If, if we're in it, it's a state we should do our, our darndest to to get out of. Yeah. And Jesus says, no, mourning is the most natural state of the world because you should be mourning what we've lost, not just personally, but existentially. Mm-hmm. You should mourn that. It should be a constant state of mourning. And here's my promise is I'm going to be with you in the middle of it. I'm going to comfort you in the middle of it. I'm going to give you the peace that passes all understanding in the middle of it, but you're still going to experience it be- right. and, until the day comes when this world passes away and the new world comes. Then there'll be no more tears. Right. Th- then there'll be no more crying, no more weeping, no more pain. But only then. Yeah. And until that day, we mourn. And it's right to. And it's right to mourn. Because and righteous to yeah, mourn. When, we, when yeah. we do that, we have this recognition that it is broken, it is fallen, and yeah. that presence that we talk about that yeah. Christ brings right. is what blesses us. That's right. That's right. And so like, you know, maybe Job's friends, before they open their mouths... <laughs> Right, I mean, they were doing really well the first seven days. The yeah. Bible says, like, they yeah. just sat with Job and, his, and, his, yeah. and listened to him cry and weep like that, you know. But then they they got they clearly got anxious, mm-hmm. like we all do. Like when you're around people who are really grieving, who are really experiencing deep grief, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. It's uncomfortable, and we all want to say something to make it better. And so then we offer platitudes or whatever right. it is. We open our mouths and then we're like, oh, I can't even believe I just said that. Like those words just literally came out of my mouth. Like, what am I doing? I remember like the famous story here at Pepsi, which has become kind of a, a famous story here at Pepsi is, you know, I, I am walking out of here on a Sunday night and they, they just finished youth group. Okay. And all the students are out. It was during the summer. All the students are out on the patio in front of our student center. And this is back when Dan Lynch was, you know, our youth, youth, youth yeah. guy. So Dan grabs me on my way out. And he's like, hey, would you mind coming over here? Because we have a couple of students who've just experienced this loss. And, and I'd, I'd love for you to talk to them about, again, where they can find comfort. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, no problem, man. Like, I'm happy to do that. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I, yeah, that's what I love doing. So it turns out one of these students has lost a dog. 
Oh. The dog's been, you know, was gotten had gotten old or whatever, and it passed away, right? And so right. she's grieving. She is grieving. Yeah. She's 17, 18, and she's grieving. And so, and by the way, this 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 student is a good, good friend of mine, and to this day we laugh about this. But in the moment, it wasn't very funny. Right. All right. The one in the moment, I will just sort of preview and say this was like my worst moment. One of my oh. worst moments as a pastor. So insensitive. So she says, Pastor Doug, my dog just died. Can you tell me, is my dog in heaven? Did you ask, was it a chihuahua? Because if that's the case, <laughs> did not say no that. Okay. I said, I said, no, no, your dog's not in heaven. And she's like, I mean, she kind of like was shocked and, and kind of got tears in her eyes. And she's like, you know, I could tell that she was like taken aback by that. So she's stammering. So me, you know, being the great pastor that I am. Yes. Kept digging the hole pastor that I had started. Yes. yes. This is probably why I'm not the pastoral care pastor right. here at Pepsi. Anyway, um, I'm continuing to dig the hole. And I said, well, I, it, it's, it's, it's not just that your dog isn't in heaven. No dogs go to heaven. And she's like, well, is my dog in hell? And I'm like, well, no, they don't go to hell either. Your dog just doesn't really exist anymore. Or something along those lines. It was one of those moments something where like... really comforting. So, so here, here's right. the funny thing, right? So I'm, I'm sitting there like having this conversation, which is obviously horrific. And about four sentences in, like this voice starts like going off in my brain, like, shut up. Like, shut... Sh- what are you saying? Shut, shut your... It's almost like these bubbles are these like you know, bubbles are appearing out of my mouth with the words in them. Yeah. And it's like, what are you, what are you doing, man? You know, <laughs> be quiet. Yeah. Just so, be quiet. Be anyway, Job's friends in the first few days. Anyway, yeah. It was such a disaster man. as I'm trying to bring comfort to this young high school. And she's, she's like, what are you saying? You know, yeah. anyway. And so anyway, it was again, one of the most awkward pastoral moments of my life. I was terrible in the moment trying to bring comfort and um, actually, it's it's Madison O'Connor. She's on staff now here, and she's a good, <laughs> oh, good friend. So good. she and I laugh about it to this day. That's great. About how horrible I was. Because she then turns to Dan Lynch, who, by the way, is not also not great at pastoral care. Perfect. So she was not well served in that moment. She's like, well, Dan, what do you think? And Dan's like, well, I agree with Doug. Oh, you know, so man. I mean, this poor woman. Yeah. You know? <laughs> nice. But the point in all of that, right, is that. That's what we do with like comfort. We try and either bring comfort and we're going to say all these empty platitudes that aren't really true and they're in a better place or whatever it is. Or we're going to do what I did in that sort of foolish moment of trying to like, you know, I'm going to give you the logical, rational answer Mm -hmm. for what you, you know, blah, 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 blah. And and in both cases, we're trying to basically tell what we're communicating to the person is it's actually not okay to mourn. Right. It's not okay to mourn because we, we are because we are uncomfortable with mourning, not because they're uncomfortable. Yeah. It's because we're uncomfortable with how they're feeling, and we want we want them to be we want to fix it. We want them to feel better. We want them to be happy. Like we want them to be blessed. Like mm-hmm. we want we want them and, and mourning and blessing don't go together in our heads very yeah. well. And so we're trying like crazy to figure it all out. And I think, like I said, that just becomes the major challenge. It reminds me. There's two scenes in scripture. I think where we see Jesus model this for us, mm-hmm. right? He, he hears of Lazarus's death. He waits, you know, and he, mm-hmm. he has this interesting interchange right. with the disciples. Right. He's like, Lazarus has gone to sleep. Right. And they're like, oh, good. Brother must have been tired. And finally right. he's like, eh, he's dead. Yeah, right. Let me just be and clear. And he, he shows up. And this is our, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's trivia answer for the shortest verse in the Bible of Jesus right. weeping. Right. And it's an interesting thing to say, 
So if the son of God knows that he's about to raise this man right. from the dead, why is he weeping? Right. And I think right. it speaks to this. Oh, I love the, that. That's absolutely right, Robbie. The other, the other scene I see mm-hmm. is when he's, I believe it's after that, and he's coming over the hill of Bethany, and he's, he's sort of cresting on the hill overlooking Jerusalem before he goes down the Palm Sunday, Sunday road, and he just pauses, and he has this moment yeah. where he says, Jerusalem, right. Jerusalem, how I longed to gather you mm-hmm. like a mother hen gathers its chicks, and it's this sense of just mourning for yeah. them, just going right. like, it was right here. That's right. For you. So the son of God models for us what you're saying, this rightness of mourning, that it's actually a good thing to remember the fallen state of this world and to grieve that and everything that's evident, evidence of that. Yeah, 100%. And that includes, again, you think about all that Jesus suffered. You think about the violence. You think about the abuse. You think about the oppression. You think about death itself. Right? Yeah. That's what he's lamenting at Lazarus's tomb is the fact that Lazarus has to die at all. Yeah. And that poor dude had to die twice. twice. I always <laughs> thought he got the like the rawest Seriously, deal in all you know the Bible. Lazarus like, is like, here we go here again. Here we go again. <laughs> you know, Jesus. Yeah. You know? <laughs> anyway, poor guy. right, poor guy. But I mean, like Jesus is lamenting the fact that there has to be death at all. Yeah. You know, and and that is sad to us is that there has to be death at all. Why? That's why billions of dollars gets poured into each year the research to try and turn off the death gene, right? right Let's right. find the trigger inside the human body that causes aging. If we can flip that off, we can live forever, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it is it is it is fundamentally when you go all the way back to the beginning of Scripture, right? Why did God in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve ate that forbidden fruit and they fell into sin, why does God exile them in, from the Garden and why does God punish them with death. He says it very specifically, lest they reach out their hand and they eat of the tree of life Mm. and they live forever. Because in that moment, they were separated from God by their sin. Mm -hmm. And God does not want us to live separated from him forever. So I don't care if someone finds the death gene Mm -hmm. and turns it off and comes to me and says, Doug, I'll give you eternal life. I'm not interested in living in this world forever. That's a great point. Even if you could find it, I don't want it. That sounds like hell to me Mm -hmm. because I don't want to live separate from God. Well, that is hell. Oh, that is hell. Way to go. Mind blown. Yes, it is hell, Robbie Sherry. I know that. Okay. I've got a few degrees on the wall to learn that. Okay. Look at you. Unreal. You are unreal. With that, I think we will close this one down. But the point being... Yeah, like, I mean, even if, even if someone were to come and offer you eternal life, that did not include the comfort mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God. Because life in this world doesn't include that comfort. I don't care if they turn off the death gene. There will still be violence. There will still be injustice. That's there right. will still be oppression. I don't want to live forever in this world. Hmm. And, and that, that actually would, would take me away from the promise that Jesus has for me in this passage, which is, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Comforted with the peace of heaven, which is an eternal peace that passes all understanding. That's so, good. Um, well, Robbie, thanks again, as always, brother. And uh, thanks to our man, Jake, behind the glass, making us sound good. Please keep listening as we dive deeper into what it means to follow Jesus in the weeks ahead. We love your comments, as always, your reviews. Love to have you share this podcast uh, with your friends on whatever platform you choose to listen. And make sure to stay subscribed and to stay tuned as we release more episodes again in the weeks ahead. We look forward to talking to you next time.